Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because it's a podcast and you listen to podcasts whenever you listen to podcasts. Today is super, super, super freaking exciting because a friend of mine happens to be Jacqueline Trumbull of The Bachelor, infamously of The Bachelor. We're going to get into that for a little bit. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello. Thanks for having me on. This is super exciting. Is now, super you have exciting. your own Bachelor podcast. What's that called? It's called A Beautiful Podcast to Fall in Love. It's with TV Guide. Uh, my co-host is Liam Matthews. So, yeah, you can find it in my social media, in my Instagram. Um, my handle's at Trumbolina. Um, or just, you know, through searching TV Guide. Or Bachelor go- podcast. Or Googling. Or Googling. And which we'll, we'll get to in a second, which is... Uh, Something that hits hard home to both of us, the, uh, the Googling factor. Uh, Jacqueline, The Bachelor. Mm. Now, you are a certified genius. You're a clinical, psych- <laughs> am, huh? You're a clinical psychologist. To be. To be. Clinical yeah. psychologist to be. I mm-hmm. uh, just got a gr- brand new PhD gig yes. at an undisclosed place. <laughs> uh, why the bachelor what what spurred you on to this um validation probably the- <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean it's a, it's kind of a long story but i think essentially i got the call and as soon as that happened it was like i'm not going to not do this i i have to i'm not going to not do this yeah yeah you can't have a regret that big you know okay not having the kind of adventure of a lifetime and was it? Yeah, I mean, it was. It, not just because of the show itself um, or, the, you know, being in the Bachelor Mansion and all that, but the opportunity to experience fame fleetingly, to have influence, um, you know, to just sort of peek into a different realm. That- and also, I see from your Instagram, because we follow one another, uh, you've become fast friends with your fellow bachelorettes. Yeah. yeah. And I, that, that sounds like a validation right there, right? <laughs> It was great, and I, I went into the show very afraid of a women, especially women like that. And so the fact that I now have uh, supermodel-esque women friends is kind of surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. Uh, Jeopardy fans uh, know that the Jeopardy cast is very well known for uh, their attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get some shit for that one. Uh, so what's, what's the process? I want, I want to peek behind the, uh, the curtain. I want the Wizard of Oz to open it up a little bit. Uh, how, how does one apply mm-hmm. for this show? It's different for everybody. So what happened with me was that a friend of mine nominated me without my knowledge. Nominated you? Yeah. Yeah. So he just went online um, and found this nomination form, submitted a couple photos of me, wrote some funny paragraph, filled out some information. And then uh, months later, I got a call from casting. You got blindsided by The Bachelor. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and but then, mm-hmm. like you said, you're like, well, why the hell not? Yeah, well, there were a lot of reasons why not. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was very scary and stressful and bit of an agonizing few months leading up to it, but it was definitely worth it. And I didn't lose anything because of it, which was except for my sanity, I think for a while. So they liked you mm-hmm. and that is that, is that generally how it happens or what are some of the other avenues for aspiring bachelorettes? I mean, you can, you can apply yourself or you can go to casting calls. Um, or I think you can go through the side door of like, if you know any producers or something like that. Like I tried to, I tried to get my brother on the show by sending his information straight to a producer, but it was, it was too late in casting. Now I would think, uh, were I a casting director and, uh, someone nominated you that for me would make you more attractive 
for my, well, let's call it what it is, product. <laughs> because I'd be like, oh, here's this girl, super intellectual, super smart, super cool, super cute, who eh, maybe doesn't want to be Isn't here. Desperate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It was the classic case of, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted them to reject me because it'd make my life so much easier. And so I went in and was just, wasn't trying too hard at all. And then of course they can just smell that on you and nab you And up. that's why they liked you. I guess yeah. so. So now you've made it. You're on the show. Uh-huh. You're on The Bachelor. There's 20, is it 20 girls? Starts with about 30. 30. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. 30 girls, one bachelor. And your bachelor was uh, Ari Leindyke. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, race car driver. Mm-hmm. I love race car drivers. Did last you? week I just ah oh, last week I just interviewed Skip Barber, <laughs> okay. the owner of the Skip Barber Racing School uh, in Lime Rock, Connecticut. An amazing uh, Ari probably drove on that track at one point in time because if you if you've never driven on Lime Rock track, uh, you're uh, yeah no he definitely did. So, is there actual chemistry when you start this thing up? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I I think that the way you date on the bachelor is is more predisposed to success actually than like normal dating so um things as simple as the first time you meet him you're already holding hands you're already getting sort of a physical intimacy going just because that's expected i mean the culture around interaction is totally different on the bachelor it's much more emotional culture um it's one that encourages serious talk about your future, about kids, about your goals, about your dreams, et cetera, about your traumas. Um, so you just, it's just rapid pace. So that first night when I met him, I mean, you know, we're sitting there holding hands or I think he's sort of lightly stroking my leg or something. And so that, that kind of manifests chemistry if you're attracted to each other, which we were. Oh, well, uh, yeah, no, I can see that immediately. Mm -hmm. And that is unprompted. Um, yeah, basically. But it just feels natural. Right, right. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've all been on TV before and, like, the cameras melt away. You know, you don't mm-hmm. notice that, you know, you've got a crew following you around. Uh, but when do they, when do you notice that they're following you around? There's a kind of a heightened sense of awareness in general. So I'm not thinking about, wow, the cameras are over there, but I am thinking about, it, it, don't, it just feels like a spotlight is on you. And so that kind of energy that comes with, with being under a spotlight, I, I think was, it, it drew things out of me that wouldn't necessarily. So I, I was more charming. I was more energetic, I think. Um, I was just more on every time I was with him, even if I wasn't paranoid about the cameras. And even if you weren't, I'm not going to say into it, but even if you weren't like quote unquote into it, you're still like the heightened awareness, amplified X emotion is going to be Y emotion in this case because ordinarily you'd be like, oh yeah, X emotion. But now mm-hmm. the spotlight's on you. It's Y emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. I, yeah. So so there's a there's a definitely uh, a thread of subconsciousness running underneath it where even if you're not 100 percent aware, your subconscious is aware that you're like, it's go time. Right. Did you feel that way on Jeopardy? Uh, no, I didn't actually, <laughs> I didn't even notice that I was playing a game show. I was just okay. like, I just, all I noticed was someone yelling questions at me and me yelling them back at them that like, there was no cameras, there were no lights, there was no audience, there was no nothing. And, uh, but that's amazing. But the bachelor mm-hmm. lasts. Now you went third, correct? What does that mean? Third. You were the third to last no, I was... Um, Fourth last? I was in the top seven, and then I self-eliminated. Yeah. Well, so I, right before... I knew that. Let's yeah. talk about that for okay. a second. But, <laughs> but the, uh, the, 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 what's the tape schedule of the show? It lasts for two months. I was there for five weeks. What? The hell? <laughs> Did you not know that? No, no, I didn't know. Well, I, no, no, no. I knew it was a long time. I didn't know it was that long. Oh, uh, that's long. Most people think that's short. Uh, no. I was on Jeopardy for three whole business days. <laughs> for you, it turned out to be three weeks. But I was only on it for three business days. Five weeks. Uh, no, because I also... Uh, the, oh, yeah, well, with the tournaments, yeah, because those were two more whole No, days. I mean, I was there for five weeks. Yeah, yeah. no. Okay. No, but I was only in the Jeopardy studios for three business days. Mm-hmm. But I ended up being on TV for three weeks. Gotcha. Got- oh, 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 I get it. Because you okay, take okay. five episodes a day. 
Okay. And you were out of commission for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. What are you doing during those five weeks? What's the off time? Um, well, it's actually really great because they take your phone away. Um, which <laughs> <laughs> it feels really good. Liberating, yeah. Yeah, it feels really good. So you're actually just interacting with everybody. You know, I mean, there's the other women who you're generally very close with, and then there's the producers who you might even be more close with. So there's always just a, it's always just a party, things going on. And they'll, I mean, on the off days, they're not really off because you'll have to do interviews all day or be waiting for interviews or getting ready for interviews within like a week you're barely even getting ready for interviews anymore, just going in without makeup, not caring. But oh, because you know it's coming. Yeah. 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 That's insane. And, and, and so you're, you're straight up sequestered mm-hmm. for the five-week duration. Well, we see some people at the airport or when we go out on dates. But basically, yeah, it's very secret. Right. Uh, you, see, you see, you know, non, uh, non-aware public, mm-hmm. right? They don't know what's happening. They just see... A yeah. couple people walking by and some very lovely girls with a camera crew following them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, you're in the bachelor mansion. Or traveling. So we're in hotels sequestered there. And how, um, how hands-on for the sequestration? Is that a word? Yeah, it is a word. <laughs> Are the producers? Are they like, no, 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 don't go over there? Yeah, well, so, I mean, the mansion, you have free reign, but... For instance, if we are in a hotel suite, we won't have keys to our hotel rooms. So we're pretty much automatically sequestered because if we leave, we can't get back in. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you did love this experience. I did, yeah. And until it was over. Until it was over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? what is the fine line between reality TV and game shows? Because <laughs> I can't quite place where this falls in the firmament is this a game show because there's not a prize at the end per se Uh, well there kind of is it's just not a prize that everybody can automatically have or want so for instance a money prize is something that anybody can have or want but a actual human being is not you can't just tell like sarah that she is going to fall in love with tom um so, I mean, it, it's, it isn't as though, like, like um, everybody wants to win a million dollars at the end, but not everybody wants to get married at the end to this particular person. So, right. in that sense, it's not a true game show. Got it. There has to be a real connection. And the, there have been many successes in The Bachelor. Uh, well, the, Increasingly right? more successes. I remember when it first started. I watched the first couple ones. It was terrible. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in terms of success rate, I never saw it. <laughs> oh, oh. No, and it, it would seem very, uh, very contrived and forced. Okay. Uh, but you think they're up in their game? Uh, at least in, in, by the way, this is, I, I, I'm trying to hedge away from being cynical, but... Uh, you can be cynical. The, so are the, are the producers getting better at matchmaking is what I'm asking. I think there's probably a couple things going on. One is that production might be getting better, but the other is that I think the contestants them t- themselves are taking it more seriously because it's um, now it's like a... I mean, if you if you were told right now to go on like some MTV new show where you're going to get married to somebody in the end, how seriously would you take that? Not. Right. But if you're going to go on a show that is like, it's probably the most popular reality TV show ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then afterwards you two will be very famous um, and you will be sort of joined together in this pandemonium and you'll have to, and, and you'll, you'll support each other through that. And your the couplehood will be a brand. Um, there's much more reason to take it seriously and to think of it as an actual fairy tale um, and to to invest in it. I mean, I could see that. Like, uh, I could see walking into something like that and being like, I don't know who this person is, but I know walking out of it, he and I will be unstoppable together. Right, exactly. I, that, that, that actually is romance. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. very romantic because uh, we've got the... Well, you you can go through it in the psychological mindset. We've got the trial by fire. We've got conflict and strife. We've yeah. got shared excitement. We've got exhilaration. These are all the things that you know dating experts tell you to do on a date. 
take your date on a roller coaster. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. The, you are literally going on a roller coaster. Exactly. The bachelor is, is designed very well for, for people to fall in love. And they, there's an important thing about the roller coasters. It can't just be amazing experiences. There have to be scary parts too, uh, or negative parts because that amplifies the positive. I mean, again, back to the dating, Mm -hmm. take your date to a horror movie Mm -hmm. and then right afterwards, is that what it sounds like? (laughs) Shut up. Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. (laughs) Okay. Judge away. Uh, again, I'm just a nerd who's decent at a game show. I increasing decreasingly decent at the game show per current legend. Um, now we met uh-huh. before your episodes had aired. I think that's true, yeah. And I remember after that we followed each other and blah 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 blah. And um I remember someone texted me like, hey, don't you know her? And it was a uh, Huffington Post article, Jacqueline Trumbull, feminist icon. <laughs> and yes. it's because you famously mm-hmm. opted out. That's you true. walked off the set. <laughs> Tell us about that. It's funny how breaking up with someone just makes you a feminist icon. Um, that's, a, that's a low bar. <laughs> um, I... I, the reason it was so difficult for me to go on The Bachelor and why I didn't really want to be chosen was because I had just started a new job and I had, I was at the embryonic stages of my career, but I had just, I had just gotten my current job at Mount Sinai, um, which I'm ending on Friday actually, but it was like- Mount Sinai is where smart people work, by the way, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was good for my resume, though. So I didn't want to let it go. And it's very difficult to ask your new boss for nine weeks off of work. Um, So we kind of cut a deal where he's like, you know, check in after a month and we'll see where we are. Um, But I might not be able to hold your position for longer than that. So a month comes and I start getting panicked phone calls Well, the producers start getting panic phone calls from my coworker, basically saying that my boss like wants me back and everything. So then I had a choice of, do I want to, um, like if I could have stayed out the week and seen whether he would put me in hometowns or not. Um, but then it's like, what was I going to do? So hometowns are pretty much the finals of the the bachelor world where you go and meet Mm -hmm. friends and family and, uh, parents specifically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have, if I had, if I had gone onto hometowns, I would have had a lot of Instagram fame right now. I would have had a lot of sponsored content. Um, I'd have a lot more money today and I, you know, would probably have gotten dumped by this guy and been pretty, pretty bummed. But so I was like, you know, there was the, there was the money versus Mount Sinai thing going on, but then it was obviously more than that. It was like, can I, what am I supposed? things were getting real with this person. And by the time you get to that point, you feel like you actually have a relationship with him and it is about this human connection. And I really, really liked him. Um, I think that that was a little bit amplified by guilt, but I was not going to marry him. So I like, it, it wasn't much of a, of a choice. Well, no, it sounds like it was a pretty definitive choice. You went career. Yeah. And I think that, Sorry, that's hashtag feminist icon right there. I mean, and I, we, we can use that on the Instagram. Hashtag feminist icon. For my 7,000 followers, I am so lonely digitally. Uh, but you, uh, you, you, I, I'm just going to editorialize, but I think you chose wisely. You well, know? it turned out that way, but it was really scary at the time because I didn't know how grad schools would respond to me being on The Bachelor. And it was a, a hurdle. Um, oh, for real? Oh, yeah. Oh, like they're like, yeah. I think I think in the case of the two schools that I got into, they actually, I think it actually went in my favor, but it, but it was still complicated. Like it, it, yeah, in both cases. Right. Like Dartmouth would be like, no, no, thank you. Dartmouth already has enough <laughs> negative press. Do, do they? No. Oh, okay. I'm just, well, yeah. Have you ever met anyone who goes to Dartmouth? They're douchebags. Cause brother, the first, my brother went to Dartmouth. Oh shit. Is, <laughs> is 
the first sentence of his mouth, I went to Dartmouth, because that's usually what someone... <laughs> well, he wears a Dartmouth hat constantly. Oh, there it is! That is the de facto, I went to Dartmouth. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to walk down the street wearing like a Harvard sweatshirt, just because... Well, the school I'm going to is so much douchier than Dartmouth. Yeah, and Maybe we're not, not gonna Harvard. we're not gonna mention that we're not gonna mention that school. But uh, it is like the yeah, king douche of schools. It is, <laughs> but it's also a really good school. So yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta take a little bit strict nine with your sugar. I've literally been, I've spent the last ten years hating it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think you gave enough clues to figure out what school it is. <laughs> it's Stanford. <laughs> Because uh, what is a cardinal and why is it a Christmas tree? None of this makes sense. We're the cardinal. That's a tree. I don't know. I didn't know that about Stanford. That's oh, mascot. Stanford's mascot is called the cardinal, <laughs> but it's a pine tree. <laughs> Nothing of it makes sense. It's a dancing, laughing pine tree, and they're called the cardinal. Not the cardinals. The cardinal. Uh, it's also just strange to have a tree as a mascot. I did just, what does that say about? I, I mean, the only other place I know with a tree as a mascot is Lebanon, because uh, it's on the flag. Uh, and now I'm well, shit. Now I'm making now fun of Stanford, Dartmouth, and Lebanon. So uh, uh, hey, 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 Azerbaijan, you want in on this shit right now? <laughs> um, so Insta fame, mm-hmm. Twitter fame, yada. The, the the coveted blue check mark. Mm-hmm. Instagram won't give me a blue check mark, but, oh. but you got one. I did, but not on Twitter. I'm really annoyed. Oh, I got that. one on Twitter. Oh, ah! I one so oh my God, reverse high five. How does that work? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> reverse as in that, like, maybe I'll pass off my Twitter blue check to you and you could pass off the Instagram blue check to me. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and with it is the uh, Stocky McStalker lots. Yeah. Now, you can Google Jacqueline right now. You can also look at my Instagram of our photos. Um, uh, she is not unattractive. Uh, and therefore, I can only assume the... Now, I am definitely not attractive. But I have stalkers. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, I do. And uh, I... let's. Do you want to talk about your stalkers first or my stalkers first? Let's talk about your stalkers first. Okay. Okay. So before Jacqueline aired, um, a mutual friend of ours says, oh, this is Jacqueline. She's a bachelor. And I'm like, well, let's take a photo. Let's go Insta, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, I had already had fleeting Jeopardy fame. And I, we took a photo and it said like, Jeopardy and the Bachelor together at last. Hashtag ABC or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it didn't matter. And uh, a couple days later, Jacqueline DMs me and says, um, your stalker's got a problem. <laughs> and I go, and I name two names. I'm not going to do it on this program. But I go, was it XYZ or was it ABC? And Jacqueline goes, holy shit, it was ABC. How do you know? And I go, well, there's only two of them and it was one of them. <laughs> And so Jacqueline sends me a screenshot Mm -hmm. and it says, I'd advise you to stay away from him. And Jacqueline responds, "Um, do I know you? (laughs) And then XYZ stalker says, you have no right to him, whore. Whore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And by the way, I got to say, that's some pretty strong phrasing right there. Not you, whore. Uh Uh-huh. Whore. It, well, it was great. Well, because the first line, I was like, are you telling me that he's a huge asshole or something and I shouldn't associate with him? <laughs> also true. Are you, are you also being, true. Like, are you being protective towards me? And the next line was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like. Well, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like par for the course for X Y Z X Y Z shit X Y Z. That was that was hysterical. I actually took a screenshot of your screenshot, and everyone's like, "Tell me about your stalker." I'm like, "Right here, just read that, just read that." They're like, "Oh, this seems to be a what?" Have you met? She came into the bar. Okay. Yeah, it was scary. Was this after she'd already been stalking you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. She came in. And I looked at her. She's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, no, I don't know who you are. And she goes, I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, oh, are you? That's so cute. I get about 15 to 30 people coming in the bar daily. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's weird and strange. But also oh, for you, you mean for like me. fans? Yeah. Wow. It's weird and strange. But 
also awesome because I have the, I have the, what do you want to say? Uh, the privilege to be one of the few public facing people in this little world, right? You can't go visit the Ken Jennings and the Brad Rudders mm -hmm. because they're TV producers and writers and stuff. You can Google Austin Rogers Bar and comes up with Gaff West on 48th and 9th Avenue. Plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can visit me. And I actually, I actually take it as a responsibility. Like mm -hmm. you, the rest of the people in my world, in my little game show world, are unvisitable. So, and also the other thing is behind the bar, uh -huh. it's sort of like a Berlin Wall. You know, I could wave from the other end, but you're not crossing it because you will get machine gunned. Uh, and it'd be like, "Can I get a hug?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm behind here. You're over there. Bye." Now, other people, it was like, like a, a school teacher came in once right after my stalker had mm -hmm. left. A school teacher came in once. She's uh, as my stalker left. She's like, "Can I get a hug?" And I go, "Nope, bartender's rules." I made up like a code, like I'm Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Uh, and then five minutes later, this like 70 year old school teacher comes in. She's like, I'm a fifth grade school teacher. I love you. And I show your kid, show my kids your work just to say how cool it is being smart. Can I get a hug? I'm like, get in here. <laughs> that is a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good opening. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, come here, come here. You all who wants noogies. Uh, also I got a tops baseball card so I can autograph that and give that to people. Cause that was pretty much the highlight. <laughs> um, but my stalkers probably are way more benign than yours because mine are middle-aged woman stalkers. <laughs> yours are probably middle-aged man stalkers. And if I know anything about America, yeah. no middle-aged man has ever harmed anyone with an assault weapon. <laughs> you know, I think the, the, the person I was maybe most scared of, though, was a 16-year-old girl. What? Uh, yeah, it was just very creepy, you know, because she, the way she was texting me seemed like she was much, much younger, including that she asked me to babysit her. And then I found out she was like a senior in high school. So, you know, that kind of really odd. <laughs> well, you're the psychologist. What the hell syndrome is that? M Munchausen by Munchausen proxy? I, that's where Munchausen is where you pretend you're ill, right? Yeah. And Munchausen by proxy is where you make someone else think they're ill, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like Munchausen by Pee Wee Herman proxy. I don't even. Oh my God, did I just do a Pee Wee Herman? She's crazy. I don't know if you guys can tell, but it's really early in the morning and I'm still, I'm still drunk. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the people who don't read the room at all that kind of creep you out a little bit. So for instance, she had me like, Begged me so for so long to make a happy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Birthday video for her mother. She's like, my mother is a huge fan of yours. So finally, I was like, fine, here you go. 
And then she sends me the video of her mother watching it. It's clear that her mother doesn't really know who I am. Um, but she's like laughing and like really, really happy, you know, giving this to her mother. So I'm like, it's just very, very strange. And that's the kind of, it's just, it's, it's jarring a little bit. That, that, yeah, <laughs> that sort of doesn't make sense. Right. My mom will be so pleased to see this. Mom's like, cool. Who's this? Yeah. The mother was like, oh, is this, she's from The Bachelor? <laughs> that's so weird. But Clearly, it gave this young woman joy, mm-hmm. but in not really a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, that was is, uh, that was your that was your crazy stalker. No, I've had another. So another guy, he was also very strange. So I it was like they after, always are. Yeah, they, I guess that's true. That would make them stalkers. <laughs> strange stalker. <laughs> what if it's unless it's a uh, pen badgling in you? In which case, that's a sexy stalker. <laughs> I didn't finish that one. Did you watch that one? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, how's it? No, don't tell me how it ends. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm not going to watch. Are we going to watch the end of that, Maria? The you, the pen badgling stalker one. No. How's it end? He kills her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> um, so this this one. Okay, so this guy, let's say his name was Sam. He, after about one or two episodes, starts putting, well, DMing me, but he's very funny at first, and I'd never had a fan before, you know, so I'm, like, interacting with him a little bit. Then he starts putting videos of me on his Instagram, but they're also pretty funny, and he's always sending me videos. Then he tries to send me a care package, and I'm like, no, 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 that's okay. He's like, no, please, 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 I'll just send it to a post office. I'm going to send it to a post office now. Like, I've already bought the stuff, whatever. Um, So he's, like, sending me videos of him purchasing things throughout the mall. He's always in a mall, always walking around in a mall or in his car. Weird. I don't know why he goes to the mall all the time. I didn't even know they were still open. Um, Right. I know. and he and he he lists himself as a teacher, like a high school teacher, which makes this very concerning. Then he asks if I could if I would meet him if he comes to New York, and I was like, no. Then he blocks me after you know ranting at me about how terrible that is. So then he comes back and he's like, I'm really really sorry. I didn't mean to get mad at you. Oh, this is ticking all the boxes. Yeah. So I was like, no, no thanks. So then I block him. Then he like starts creating more social media profiles on Instagram, on Twitter. He makes a Twitter profile. And remember, his name is Sam. Then he makes a Twitter profile with, I think, a female name. But then where... So it's like a female name, but then his handle is like Shane, one, two, three, four, seven, nine, eight, you know, something very strange. And the photo is him kissing a woman but from like kind of great distance like it's not an intimate kiss it's very very strange and he starts saying really mean things about me on twitter then he changes course creates like another twitter handle and starts saying really nice things about me and ever since then i'll get he'll get contact me on facebook on twitter on instagram he's blocked on instagram but just that kind of thing then he moved on to jenna for a while um but he's come come back to me a little bit (laughs) that's so weird yeah so like he's doing both the I mean, that's insane that he creates two separate accounts. One's like a happy fan loving account and the other's like, uh, what was it? Remember, what was the name? Uh, the, the pickup artist, that VH1 show back in the day. Yeah, negging. Negging, yes, mm-hmm. negging. Yeah, thank you. We both came to it at the same point. Yeah, it's like, you look pretty hot for a fat girl. <laughs> also, by the way, I'm wearing goggles and a felt top hat. So, you know, you know this is going to work out. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Um, the guy who wrote The Pickup Artist? Mystery, right? I don't know. Oh, the VH1 one? He always wore like steampunk <laughs> goggles and like a felt top hat. He's like, what you got to do is you got to bring them down before you bring them up again. I'm like, you are literally 5'2". <laughs> everyone, you've brought everyone down because they have to look at you. And then you're going to bring them up. Uh, <laughs> oh, poor Jennifer, though. Jenna. Uh, Jenna. Yeah. You said Jenna. He moved on to Jenna. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said Jennifer. I'm sorry. No. Uh, who's Jenna. Oh, she's my best friend from the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, what is wrong with me? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like fangirling like fucking crazy right now. Uh, the the, the, the Insta fame mm-hmm. is the next facet of this, right? Because, yeah. like, there is legit 
big money on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had like a brief Insta fame. I had a brief corporate sponsor job. Ooh. I was, well, I was paid fairly well for it. And then the term expired and they moved on. And I'm, there's no hard feelings and I yeah. still love the product, but it was super cool at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how does one manufacture that? And you said it earlier, the B word, the brand. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't figured this out. I wish I could be more helpful here, but this was my essential problem after the show. This would be helpful to figure out how not to figure it out, you know? <laughs> no, 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 that's legit. That was not That was not a joke at all. What do you mean by that? Uh, no, to know what doesn't work oh, is as oh, okay. helpful as what does work. Yeah, so what made it... I loved being on the show, but then immediately afterwards was really difficult because everyone was saying, you know, this is your, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You have to capitalize on it. You have to figure out. So I'm like, all these project ideas are floating in my head and I can't quite land on one. And the problem with The Bachelor is that it hands you a bunch of followers who have very little to do with you. It's not like somebody who grows a following because they have a product that they are, or you know, or or content that is legitimate and worth following, like cooking or knitting or something like that. Or Um, answering stupid questions. Or answering stupid questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, it's hard to know what to do with a bunch of followers who, you know, don't actually know you, but kind of think that they do and expect things from you and you have nothing really to give them because their perception of you is um, eight minutes, you know, in a dress on TV, making out with someone. So that was pretty hard. And for the first year, I was very angsty, trying, like flailing around, trying to figure out my brand. Because everyone would be like, oh, you're the smart intellectual one. And then they'd be like, oh, you're the, you know, you travel a lot or you're the New Yorker or something. And, and you, you, you try to lean any which way, and that makes you a tryhard or pretentious or something like that. So I, my Instagram's on private now because the school I'm going to doesn't want me to have a public Instagram. So I don't really have to worry about it anymore. But um, in terms of what you should do, I mean, get a color palette that works well together. Um, really? Yeah, probably. Do a lot of stories, story content. Is, I know stories yeah. works. Uh, I know that works. But uh, like a unified schema or or, yeah. or ethos of sorts, where that's that's. Well, then I'm I'm fucking out. I'm out too. Yeah. Oh, mine's like mine's like cars, Legos. Paintings, yeah. my feet. It's, kind of, it's stressful <laughs> to think of like, does this go with this, you know, picture or color scheme? You can just do the same um, filter for every single photo and that'll kind of unify them in a, in a way. Oh, because so basically, I guess when people, I've never actually thought about this, when people flip over to the Instagram and they see that it looks more or less uniform, they'd be like, oh, that looks like a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Right, because it looks professional. Um, Just you know, by clicking the same filter. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. X-Pro2, motherfuckers, here we go. I just don't know how people find so much white space. I don't get why people... I don't... I've never looked... I've never trolled through, like, these stories you might like or mm-hmm. or accounts you might like or hashtags you might like. I don't either. I don't. I just look at my friends. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't get how people... I don't get the discovery process, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right. I know. I don't understand hashtags. And I feel like such a douche every time I use one. So I don't. And uh, that means that I don't get discovered. <laughs> right. But I don't, I don't get how people... Who's out there just clicking through like, I want to see what hashtag, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Nashville gambling racers is doing. I'm like Nashville gambling racers. It's got like three followers and you're like, man, Oh, well, there we go. I know. I, I don't get it. Who's trolling it through it? I don't know. Twitter's so much more fun to troll through than Instagram too. Like just and also way more full of trolls. Oh, I know. <laughs> I had to go on a break for a while cause I noticed I was becoming an angry person. Oh, right. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, fo- I follow conservative accounts. Mm-hmm. Just, to see what their rhetoric no, it's, is. it's important to do that. And, and, and then I'm like, I, nope, do not engage. Do I, not engage. Yeah. I, I mean, I follow both conservatives and liberals, and I'm very centrist, so both of them piss me off, which is kind of a... Uh, oh, loose yeah, loose. no. Oh, liberal, oh liberals, <laughs> liberals piss me off, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I steal these plastic straws because I fucking hate dolphins. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Dolphins, you smug little fish. <laughs> Are dolphins fish? 
<laughs> Actually, there is a fish called dolphin as well. So you're welcome very much. Uh, who's got two thumbs and is a trivia expert? This guy. You're welcome, ladies. Uh, oh, hashtag, hashtag, wow, that was really misogynistic. I am so sorry. I just talked like two genius. I talked down to two genius. Let me tell you about. <laughs> That's fine. I went on The Bachelor. You think I'm. <laughs> Well, well let me mansplain The Bachelor to you. So what happens on The Bachelor is, um, so I did have one stalker who mm. you said didn't read the room. Yeah. It turned out she was a very lovely upper middle-aged lady okay. who, she came and visited me at the bar and she was beautiful mm. and lovely and so nice and had an adoptive daughter and so cool. Just okay. fucking terrible on social media. Just the worst. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, oh no. And she walked in the bar. I go, mm. eek, I'm going to get stabby stabbed right now. And it turns out she's just terrible on social media. The other one, when she walked in the bar, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get stabby stabbed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was, How'd you get her out? So she took a six-hour bus oh, no. to the bar, had three beers, sorry, two and a half beers, because she broke the glass of the third beer to get my attention, oh my and then took the six-hour bus back again to her home, all in the course of a day. Wow, what a compliment that is. I mean, nobody has ever done anything like that for me. <laughs> Gotta be a little flattered. Uh, I'll I'll take a bus down to not down over up left into the Atlantic Ocean to wherever your new school is. <laughs> I had a pretty good um, I had a pretty good one recently. He's actually been contacting me over a long period of time, but he never says very much. He's a cricket player. What? Yeah. Um, Wicked googly. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. He says, hey, you look like the fantasy of every poet. I wish I could make you my muse in upcoming IPL, gift you my credit card, and take care of your every expense. I said, haha, that sounds pretty good. He said, will you let me buy gifts for you? By the way, may I ask, how are you? Uh, and then months later, I think maybe a year later, said, if you are not interested, do let me know. I'm like, I would be very interested in your credit card. I just don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to meet you. <laughs> uh cricket player that's interesting mm -hmm. uh four runs four runs six runs over the boundary uh <laughs> i've got a lot of english <laughs> friends uh cricket well at least cricket would be like that would be innocuous no one would actually know you're dating a cricket player because no one watches fucking cricket that's true <laughs> i know except for you know the entire indian subcontinent and parts of new zealand australia south africa and uh, and sometimes Britain. Mm -hmm. um, so let's let's cap this off by uh, career talk because mm. you are the you're the brainy brunette intellectual of the Bachelor. Mm -hmm. you're, you're you're not the you're not the blonde. I'm you're not. not you're not the waitress Kelsey 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 or Kelsey. Uh, all spelled differently, of course. Right? Isn't it so sad that blonde is a pejorative? Like anybody who's blonde is just sort of assumed to be. A there type. we go. I'm, I just hashtag me too again. Oh, man, uh, Austin. I did, listen. It's, <laughs> it's it's innate and cultural, and I'm working my best to fight it. Thank you very much. But yeah, blondes. Am I right? <laughs> um, but you you're the you are. Literally a brainy intellectual. So let's uh, cap this off by talking about the future career of Jacqueline Trumbull. Sure. Um, no, I'm starting my PhD in the fall in clinical psychology. I study personality disorders. So maybe I'll study the stalkers that you and I both have. Um, but I'm mostly in. I'm a little boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I mean, that was that was that, you yeah, being that, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah, like Sybil, Sybil, which was completely fake, right? Well, who's Sybil? Sybil. Yeah. Wait, you're literally studying personality disorders, and you don't know who was Sybil? Yes. Oh my I'm God, scared. Sybil! No, Sybil was this autobiography written in the 60s or 70s about a woman who pledged to have uh, 74 distinct personalities or whatever it was. Oh. And then they made a movie about it. And it turns out, spoiler, making it all up. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's, that's uh, a different, that's not a personality disorder, but given the fact that she made it all up probably means that she does indeed have a personality disorder. Oh, so. that's a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> yeah, right <I> there. <laughs> 
Exactly. No, I want to, I, I want to, um, study narcissism specifically. That's what I want my expertise to be in. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be in this, I'll be in the studio in five minutes. <laughs> uh, what is narcissism? I mean, we know what narcissism, what's clinical narcissism? Yeah, it's, well, it's much more extreme and insidious, but. Could they maybe reside at 1600 Pennsylvania for Avenue? For 100%. 100%. 110%. no reality. Because, <laughs> because 100 is not enough for me. That is amazing. I'm really good at you it. You are really good at it. My wife, Melanie, says so. <laughs> Melanie, is that her name? Ivanka. Ivanka, go get Jared. Anyway, uh, like, I, my producers actually tell me not to do that voice <laughs> because it alienates people, mm-hmm. but they're not listening to podcasts in the first place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what is clinical narcissism? Um, well, it's characterized by um, lack of empathy, grandiosity, um, <laughs> lots of fantasies about your own career success and superiority. Um, you, I mean, interpersonal struggles, as can be imagined, it's very hard to be with one of them, I would know. Um, <laughs> there's, there's usually, though, I mean, the interesting part is that real narcissists are usually masking um, a deep, deep insecurity. And so they are often born of uh, neglect. So, so, so usually some sort of childhood. Is it like neglect. daddy didn't love me? Yeah, or usually, or often, mother didn't love me. But, but then the other, but then the other hypothesis is that you get too much, uh, cosseting, you know, and, and so you never really Ooh. learn where your ego, how, how appropriate. Where is it then? Where's your ego? No, where where, where is it? You, it's either. If you're too neglectful, it turns mm-hmm. out, and if you're too costing, it turns out. Yeah, it could. So happy, happy medium. You need a happy medium. Yeah, you got to be allowed to fail and be put in your place, and um, yeah, or get encouragement to excel when appropriate. When appropriate, like yeah. you know, you're not going to win the spelling bee. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it. But by the way, you are really great at stealing second base. Were you a spelling bee champion when you were little? No, 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 absolutely not. I was a correcting my teachers on grammar champion and correcting them on historical events. Like, well, actually, the underlying cause, I was a well, actually. Yeah, you sound horrible. Did you have any friends? Never, ever interview a clinical psychologist <laughs> again. Note to self, timestamp 44.59. No, uh, no, 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 no. It was, it was more like, it was more like, well, actually, uh, it's like that, what's the, what's the joke? It's like, did you hear about the uh, male chauvinist who fell into a cistern? No. It was a well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible joke. No, but I, but but the thing is, when I was pedantic, mm-hmm. somehow and to this day, my pedantry gets like a pass because they'd be like, ha, 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 "That's stupid." It's actually this, and people would be like, "Oh my god, he's being cute." I'm like, I'm really seriously correcting you right now because you're very, very well misunderstood. <laughs> well, it's interesting how the things that we're kind of famous for can can contextualize us some. Like now you're the Jeopardy guy. So now you can correct people for the rest of your life and people will be like, I got corrected by the Jeopardy guy. Or more, more, more likely people are like, uh, can you tell me this question? I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. They're like, why not? I'm like, cause you're not paying me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, 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 and you're, you are the famously opting out bachelor at <laughs> yes. bachelorette. Would you ever go on the bachelorette? Like, would I be the bachelorette? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah? That'd be great. It's never going to happen, oh. but yeah. Well, I'd lobby for it. Oh, well, thank you. I did not get enough airtime, and it's also too much time has passed for that to ever be a reality. Also, at this point, I mean, at this point, if it happened, what I, I don't know, because it would be very difficult to do both that and psychology. Well, no, it wouldn't, because it would be a really, really fucking awesome social experiment if you were just gaming the system from the inside. Yeah, I know, but I made that argument the first time getting into grad school. <laughs> 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 oh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't right. do yeah, that trick pony just, twice. Another, yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been f- 
fucking amazing. Jacqueline Trumbull, I'm so glad that we got to become friends. Uh, and you guys have to check her out on not Instagram because that is on private. Oh, but, yeah, you can uh, still follow me. I oh, accept you can st- everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. What is it? Trumbolina. Yeah, so it's my last name plus INA. And what's the what's the twits? Trumbolina. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're both. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I, I know. I got you on the Instagram. I don't know if I'm on Twitter, but I'll figure that out <laughs> lately. Uh, Jacqueline Trouble, amazing new career, amazing new frontiers on the horizon. Congratulations! Thank and you. I think uh, I think I'll be uh, taking a road trip down to uh, get analyzed sometime soon. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Everyone have a great day. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.